You are listening to the Cancer from A to Z podcast with Dr. Rosalind Morell, Episode 23, Caregiving 101, Part 1. Hi, and welcome to the Cancer from A to Z podcast, where we discuss the issues and topics related to a diagnosis of cancer. I'm your host, Dr. Rosalind Morell. These podcast episodes are intended for informational and educational purposes only and are not a substitute for medical treatment by a healthcare professional. They do not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. Please consult your doctor or other health professional with any questions you have regarding any medical conditions. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. So we are in the middle of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So as that would obviously mean, we are in the middle of October. And this is a time of year when we see a lot of pink ribbons and a lot of events focused around breast cancer. And I've done a few episodes in the past on breast cancer, but I thought I would switch things up a little bit and actually talk about individuals who are really important to not only breast cancer um, survivors and people who have been recently diagnosed with breast cancer, but also anybody really diagnosed with cancer. And that would be the caregivers. You know, like our friends and family members who really sacrifice and step up to help take care of those who have been diagnosed with chronic illnesses or maybe even acute illnesses. And I wanted to do an episode about caregivers because I feel like sometimes they are forgotten about a little bit. Their role is so important, right? I mean, these are individuals who are selflessly giving of their time to help take care of someone that they care about. And caregiving is not easy. It requires lots of planning, lots of organization, and there's a lot of responsibility involved with it. And it can take a toll on people. And so that's why I wanted to focus on caregivers and talk about some of the challenges and some of the issues surrounding caregiving. So who are caregivers? Well, they're essentially defined as people who provide emotional and physical support to a person with an illness. And since this is a podcast on cancer, I am specifically referring to people supporting a person who may be living with a diagnosis of cancer. And like I said before, they can be family members, they can be friends, sometimes roommates. And then there are also paid caregivers, like a home care aide. And there can be quite a bit that's involved with caregiving, including one, helping to make appointments and offering transportation assistance to those appointments. And that can be really important because a lot of people don't have access to transportation, or if they do, it may be public transportation when where they're having to go to doctor's appointments, either by bus or cab or Uber or train. So caregivers can be involved in that. Number two, they can be administering medications. And for some individuals, that can be a lot of medications. That is also really important because 
Mixing of medications can be dangerous and keeping track of all of the medications is essential and making sure that the medications are taken at the appropriate time. So caregivers can also be helping with that. They can, number three, help with meals or cleaning. And this is also critical because a lot of times when people are going through treatment for cancer, they may not be feeling good. They may be feeling weak, can't get out of bed. Maybe they are sick to their stomach and meal preparation is pretty much the last thing on their minds. And so having someone around who can help with meal preparation or cleaning of the house or or the apartment can be really crucial. Next, number four, they can help to manage side effects. And I know on this podcast, I've talked quite a bit about side effects. We've talked about side effects from chemotherapy. We've talked about side effects from radiation therapy. And some of those side effects can be quite debilitating and not always easy to manage if you're doing it on your own. So a lot of individuals out there are helping those that are living with cancer manage these side effects, whether that be trying to help manage the nausea, the vomiting, the possibility of bowel changes. So number of things that can be involved. Number five, they can be individuals who are helping with insurance issues or paying bills. Because if you're going through treatment and or you're not feeling good and you're in the bed or anything going on like that, or maybe you're having some memory problems, it can be a number of things. Then paying bills may not be happening at all. But yet things still, you know, you still need to keep the lights on and the water flowing. So having someone around to pay bills becomes crucial. And then the insurance side of it, oh my goodness, that can be quite confusing, extremely confusing. When we're talking about deductibles, we're talking about co-pays, we're talking about, you know, your patient responsibility, we're talking about getting authorization for treatment and for seeing different specialists and trying to stay on top of all that can be quite challenging. So helping with insurance is also critical. Caregivers can also help with daily activities such as bathing or dressing, or sometimes they help individuals eat, actually. And then number seven, running errands. So grocery shopping, going to the bank, any number of things, going to a drugstore, those types of errands sometimes need to be done and can't be done by those that are going through treatment or even those who aren't going through treatment and are recovering. So running errands can be something that a caregiver does. As you can see, if you have taken on any of these responsibilities, this can be quite stressful. It can be overwhelming and we're talking, you know, stressful and overwhelming in addition to the feelings that you may be having just from knowing that the person that you love or care about for so many years now has a cancer diagnosis. So that's why I wanted to do this particular episode and talk about some of the things that can help set you up for success as a caregiver. 
And I think first and foremost, if you know right now that maybe someone has just recently been diagnosed with cancer and you may be their caregiver pretty soon, one of the most important things to remember is that you have to take care of yourself. This is a huge role when you are talking about supporting someone emotionally or physically or let's say emotionally and physically to someone who has just been diagnosed with a chronic illness. And in order to do that well, you also have to remember that you have to take care of yourself. And planning or making plans to do that, knowing what's coming is quite helpful because if you aren't taking care of yourself and taking a a break from this particular role, then that's just going to make it even more stressful and even more overwhelming. And I know self-care gets talked about a lot and it's been kind of like kicked around and really discussed in the media quite a bit recently. And that is because it's just that important. You have to take time for yourself. You have to recharge. You have to kind of get those stress levels down as much as possible by doing some of the things that you enjoy and not taking your time and using all of your time to focus on this other individual. And it may be difficult because they may require a lot of care, but having some time to yourself and actually trying to plan ahead to share the caregiving responsibilities with somebody else can definitely help quite a bit. And that actually leads me to the second thing that I wanted to mention, which is if you know right now that you're going to be potentially caring for somebody else, it may be helpful to try to, from the very beginning, share the responsibility with somebody else. Is there another friend? Is there another family member, a sister or a brother or a cousin or someone else who can step in and help care for this individual so that it doesn't all fall on one person. And that can set you up also for success so that you're sharing those responsibilities. Maybe you're dividing up who is, you know, running the errands and paying the bills, who's cooking and doing the meal planning and taking that individual to the doctor's appointments. Additionally, are there any community resources that can be of assistance? So there are definitely food delivery services. There are house cleaning services. There are financial assistance services. Can you meet and work with a social worker? How can they help you? I did an episode with Dr. June Wiley talking about the critical role of social workers, and they are also here for you as well when you are taking care of another individual. Or maybe can you hire a professional caregiver? That's something that's not always talked about, but there are professional caregivers out there. Are there agencies that you can turn to where you can potentially hire a home care aide or someone who can actually take your loved one or or friend to a doctor's appointment and things like that? Let's say, for instance, if you need to be working and you can't make those appointments. So those are all the things to consider from the very beginning when you know that you will be taking on the role of someone's caregiver. So 
Now I want to kind of transition into talking about what types of caregivers are there or or the different scenarios. Well, number one, you may be a live-in caregiver. So you're actually living with the person. So a lot of times that will be the person's spouse or significant other. Another type of caregiver would be someone who's long distance. So maybe you don't live with the person. You don't even live in the same state, but you maybe live across the country. So Even if you are a long distance caregiver, there are things that you can do. Maybe you're helping to manage this person's care through email and phone calls and you're providing support in that way. Or sometimes there can be, again, going back to the sharing, maybe it's a sharing caregiving duty. You're sharing these duties with a sister or a brother or a cousin or aunt or stepfather whatever it may be. So those are the different types of caregiver scenarios. So what can you do to help ensure that you are setting yourself up for success? And I mentioned that a few minutes ago. Well, number one, communication. And we talk about all the time, communication is really important. And if there's a breakdown in communication, all types of things can happen. And one of the things that I think is good to do is to set up or actually communicate with the individual that you're taking care of, that you're going to be taking care of, and actually discuss and talk about the expectations or what is needed, you know, who will be assisting. So who are all the individuals who will be helping to take care of them and what decisions need to be made? Are there decisions that need to be made regarding finances? Are there end-of-life decisions that need to be made? So actually, the caregiver and the person being taken care of need to communicate and have those lines of communication open so that there are hopefully no surprises or disagreements or misunderstandings. Number two, organization and prepping. So making a list of what needs to get done and then potentially prioritizing that list. So if you know that certain things need to be done every week, then writing out that list and then prioritizing that list and making sure that the most important thing is maybe taking care of first and then working your way down the list. And again, arranging who will be helping with what tasks Next, number three, develop a plan or partnership with the healthcare team. Talking to the nurses, talking to the doctors, talking to the social workers or the physician assistants and getting a good sense in terms of what that particular person is going to be, what type of treatment they're going to be receiving, what's to be expected from that treatment, any medications that are started, what are those medications for, One of the things that I think as a radiation oncologist who sees a lot of patients, knowing dates and knowing names of other healthcare providers as well as medications, that is so helpful to us when you're coming in for a consultation, maybe you've been referred by another physician and you're coming in and as a new patient, we're asking about what medications you're on and having that list readily available with the number of pills taken and the milligrams 
and having a list of who are the other physicians that are involved or any other upcoming appointments with physicians or imaging. So if you have an upcoming scan coming up, all of that information and having that written down and talking those details over with the healthcare team can also set you up for success. Okay, next, number four, learning about the disease. Now that's one, that one can be a little time consuming because maybe you are doing a lot of reading or maybe it's going to require a lot of reading. Maybe it might require watching some YouTube videos, but it's really helpful to have a good understanding of, let's say, lung cancer and the drugs that are uh, that that particular person may be on or a good understanding of what can be some of the effects of the lung cancer. So learning about the disease and knowing what this person may be going through because of the disease can also set you up for success. Okay, number five, you may have to learn to be a problem solver. And some people are natural problem solvers and others are not. But when it comes to taking care of another person, being a good problem solver is going to help you in the long run. And you will learn and develop solutions or tricks that work for you and the person you're caring for. And that can really help quite a bit because you can read, you can watch YouTube videos, and you can do all the things that I'm mentioning, right? Talking to the healthcare team and things like that. But when you're the person actually physically doing these things, we can guide you as healthcare providers. But this is an individual, an individual with likes and dislikes and knowing how to maybe overcome some of those things. Again, you're going to develop your own solutions to some of the problems and figure out what works best for you and the person you're taking care of. Next number, number six, learn how to provide physical care. You would think that it would be pretty intuitive, right? To provide physical care. So you're moving someone, maybe you have to get them out of bed, maybe you have to help them onto the toilet and off of the toilet, but it's not always intuitive. And there are proper ways to lift someone, and especially when you're trying to use gravity and, and to leverage them to assist you in moving someone so that you don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt them. And there are videos that you can watch on using, again, using gravity and leverage to assist you in moving someone from the bed or, like I said, onto the toilet, things like that. All right. Next number. I think I'm losing track of the numbers. So I'll just say next number. Learning about nutrition. Now, some individuals may be on a restricted diet. Maybe they are on tube feeding. So that was my next one, learning about feeding tubes. For instance, some of the head and neck cancer patients may need a feeding tube if they are receiving, let's say, chemotherapy and radiation therapy together in an area of the body where it's going to make it quite difficult for them to swallow. They may have a feeding tube. And you may have to learn how to hook up the food to the tube and how to clean the tube and how to take care of it and things that you can put in it or things that you can't put in it. So there can be a lot to that. So learning about nutrition, learning about feeding tubes can also be a part of it. So 
I'm going to actually stop there. You know, I said that this is part one. And part two, we're going to talk about even more details in terms of things that can help you as a caregiver. And as you can see, being a caregiver involves a number of skills and a lot of organization. And this is just a brief overview of some of the tasks that you may be faced with when it comes to caring for someone who's been diagnosed with cancer. So I hope that this brief overview has been helpful for you. And again, with part two, we're going to get into a few more details in terms of specifics and also resources. So really good resources for caregivers and talking more about how to help individuals and also to help yourself to make this something that where you don't get burned out and you are are emotionally and physically available to help your loved one. Okay, well, again, I hope this was helpful to you. Please feel free to go to my website at www.cancerfromatoz.com and there you can find the show notes and some additional links. And my other website is for my medical practice, which is www.centerpointoncology.com. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did and you feel like someone else that you know could really benefit from this information, please pass it on to them. And if you think I'm doing a good job, I would always love a review and a rating. So I appreciate that as well. All right. So as I end every episode, be well. Thank you for listening to the Cancer from A to Z podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you subscribed and left a review. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this information, please share the podcast with them. Until next time, I am your host, Dr. Rosalind Morell.